You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. You can subscribe to the pod, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. You get the picture now wherever you get your podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets at Walker Mail and at not of the scribe. The Hornets played the Miami Heat last night. They lose 104 to 103. A little better yes. maybe than you anticipated, uh-huh. given all of the departures. Gordon Hayward not in this game. Mason Plumley not in this game. No Kelly Oubre either. He was listed out a little bit closer to tip-off. But also Terry Rozier, we knew, was not going to play in this one. Not going to play in the next preseason game. And I would imagine there's a possibility he could miss a couple of the early regular season contests, as we talked about in yesterday's pod. But you did have some nice performances from certain Charlotte Hornets in yesterday's game, preseason game three against the Miami Heat. Not I give you the floor. You get to choose who was the first person of note that you want to highlight as of having a nice you know performance what? yesterday. It's going to shock people. I want to start with Cody Martin. Cody Martin hitting five threes and defending. And maybe this is just because it was a preseason game against his brother. But he showed out. Because if he hits if he hits threes, he is a viable piece, and this team gets even deeper. If he doesn't hit threes, and the, the jump shot is is shaky, you can't play him, or you can't play him all that much. But again, I will point this out: he is one of those guys you need because he you always need a point of attack defender. You always need those sandpaper guys. So. I want to highlight Cody Martin's performance, hitting five threes, playing pretty good defense. Well, he hit three threes. I'm sorry. So still impressive. Three or four. Yes, three or four. I'm sorry. It's okay. I forgive you. Um, but three of four three pointers. It, no, it's it's impressive. Like I mean, he was able to hit some shots. Go six of nine from the field, fifteen points, and uh, had five rebounds. Contributed in uh, some different areas in the box score. Played thirty one minutes. He and Miles Bridges played the most in this game. Uh, Jalen McDaniels, I should say. Excuse me. He played thirty two, but it was those three that played thirty minutes. Nobody else was able to reach that mark. Lamelo Ball had twenty six. James Booknight had twenty five minutes, and that was uh, those were uh, the guys that logged the most. I want to highlight ish smith nada i thought he was awesome in this game 19 minutes for ish shoot shot a lot five of 11 from the field missed the only three pointer that he took but really it was about his ability to get in the paint and then kick out and just cause havoc for the defense that's what we've kind of known his role was going to be but he did it in an excellent way yesterday 10 points scored for ish smith did have four assists didn't have any turnovers in this one the broadcast crew loved what ish smith was doing in this game as well on the other side there so i think this is encouraging. You know, this is something that you knew he was going to be fine. Like I like ish, right? I, that, yeah. that was somebody that the Hornets signed to bring into this team where I was, you know, comfortable with him coming in and, and running the second unit offense. But man, he, he looked really good yesterday, hitting some shots, but also setting guys up for success that maybe a little quick and not setting up picks as well. Yeah. Um, the, the one with Nick Richards comes to mind, but he still hit a shot like it was a, it was a tough shot. 
thought um, that that Ish Smith did not set up the pick nearly as well. And so I I was impressed with the uh, former Wake Forest Demon Deacon. Not I was really happy with what he did yesterday. He did exactly what like I think this was the first game where we saw Ish Smith was brought here to do, which was we're gonna push. We're gonna put again threes and threes and threes. He was either gonna get to the line, take some layups. Or he was going to set it up for the three. And I really love what he does because it's different from a Devontae where Devontae was mainly like Devontae was mainly a three. Again, he would D up your guy and he he was almost a three and D guard per se. Ish is different because it's a change of pace because he's a guy that I'm going to get to the bucket. You can't stop me now. And now that I've caused all this havoc, now we're just going to distribute the ball all around and now we're going to start burying threes and we're going to and they're going to be of the walk-up variety as much as i love Devonte, he never set that up like that it's a nice little change up to the lamello ball situation i i he again we saw like the first two games i was kind of worried about what issues role was going to be and then i remembered he's a vet he's an nba vet so he wasn't really going to try until you know he had to and it was really um it was really time so I'm impressed with what he did last night. Last night was truly impressive. Yeah, I mean, I, I disagree with your assessment of Devontae Graham. I thought he was a good facilitator and, and did a good job at setting some people up for open shots. thought he was a smart passer and the lack of turnovers, they were pretty crazy last year for Devontae too. He did a good job, an excellent job of taking care of the ball. But at the same time, what's nice to having Ish Smith is this guy that can come in and, and help and help facilitate at a level where you lose a Devante, you lose a Malik Monk. We've talked about the ball movement that made this offense so effective last year, certainly in the first half of the season where you had historic numbers, like the first time we had seen those types of assist rates, the assist percentage in like 15 years, and you lose a couple of your big time playmakers to have Ish Smith come in and help you out there. That It's nice to comfort you a little bit on that end of things. And of course, LaMelo Ball, He's going to help pass the ball around too. nine assists for LaMelo in 26 minutes. As I mentioned, 19 points, not uh, a good percentage shooting from threes, not been good shooting from three this entire preseason, uh, but is getting to the rack very well and also making smart decisions on the PNR two plays. I want to highlight one was the ridiculous pass <laughs> underhand to Miles Bridges yes. baseline. Oh that God. was a wow moment. I did not oh expect that. I thought it was just setting somebody else up and was going to was going to try to hit somebody over the top. But the one handed scoop pass to Miles was insane. And the other play I want to talk about is him feeling the defense out, trying to get this PNR going with the PJ Washington and finally does so, but just his patience and his ability to manipulate the defense in order for that to happen to where he dishes it to PJ and PJ does a nice job finishing. I thought those were two excellent plays from LaMelo and that guy has been very good attacking and making decisions in the PNR this entire preseason, in my opinion. My God, like I've watched like LaMelo ball is starting to add certain nuances like for a while he was just all fastball when it came to driving to the to the bucket. This year, it feels like he's added that changeup and curveball to his to his uh, repertoire. Like the pace in which he attacks the paint now is completely different, and there's a comfort there that clearly wasn't there last year because Lamelo would be go go go. Now it's like okay, I'm going to stop, and that kick step that he does before he drives. Now, before you, you, when he did that kick step, you could just see him attack directly. Now it's kick step, and I don't know if a crossover is coming next 
or if it's not going to be the like the burst dribble towards the lane, but instead it's like a medium dribble. And, and just the amount of options he continues to give himself at that size to where he's now hitting those floaters and everything else like that, that kick step is something that is just amazing to see. And he's just continuing to make plays off of that kick step. And that's one thing I did notice about LaMelo last night as well. Uh, yeah, and real quickly, just one other thing on LaMelo. I, when he starts to dribble between his legs and starting to set up the defender to either mm-hmm. drive or shoot, it's just so much more effective when he decides to drive. I, I just don't, <clears throat> I just get scared. He can hit those shots and they're fun when he gives you the step back off of the three dribbles between his legs in a row and then trying to dance with the defender. But when he gets him on skates and then puts the pressure on him more so to try to drive by him, it just seems like he's a much more effective basketball player in the team is going to get something better at a higher percentage than more LaMelo taking a step back once he does those things. Because it's a tough shot. You know, those step it back is. threes. We, we don't know for sure if LaMelo is a good shooter go, you know, going forward like he was last year. And if that percentage remains 36 to 38, oh, my God, that's going to be yeah. excellent. But we just don't know that yet mm-hmm. when he attempts to drive and then he finds other guys that that's when by far um, he's most effective. And so getting the defender on skates, he certainly has that ability. Got to see that a little bit on display last night. Now to tell the other people, uh, tell the people the other thing that we like in uh, sleeper, the fantasy basketball app. You know what? Similar to LaMelo ball sleeper sleeper figured something out. Sleeper figured out that the game of fantasy basketball was broken. Games were being won basically because of busy work and not much else. So 2020, last year, they released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball. It's called Game Pick, only available on Sleeper. In Game Pick, owners pick a single game per week for each started account towards their team's total score, ensuring an even amount of games being played between opponents. The days of losing because your opponent simply had more games, that's over. The days of mindless busy work, also over. The days of giving up because of the, the busy work. Also over. Game picks allow you to pick one game per week based on player matchups, home versus away, opponent's defensive ranking, face of play, pace of play. All of that adds up to more strategy and less busy work. Whether you prefer redraft, keeper, or dynasty, game picks has you covered. Sleeper cracked the fantasy f- basketball code, and if you enjoy playing fantasy b- football, just based on the strategy alone, you're going to love Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app today and start a league with your friends. I promise you will not be disappointed. We'll talk more about this preseason game, and Michael Jordan made some comments. That's coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. I do not like the MB2 nickname. That Lam- oh, it's bad. Lamelo, come yeah. on, man. I mean, look, I-, I love everything else about you, but the MB times two. How in the world do you not like Airbnb, but you like MB times two? I that's that's bad. We can't allow him to create, and that's the that's the, the reason the rule exists. You can't give yourself your nickname. You can't do no, that. Exactly. So, this is as I'm, bad as Kevin Durant wanted to call himself the servant. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to get in on all of the action. You got postseason baseball in full swing. You also have the NFL getting towards the halfway point of the season already through a quarter of the year. Pretty crazy how fast the NFL season is moving along. You can head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today at Bet Online and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sports book experts, promo code locked on. All right, let's get to some. Yeah. Oh, well, let's do one more positive and then we'll get to a little bit of the 
negative. Uh, Miles Bridges, he was very good in this one. 22 points for him. Hit four of his eight three-pointers. Eight of 16 from the field. Hit a couple free throws that he took. Also, 10 rebounds. And the one thing I want to highlight even more so, big ball movement fan. And Miles provided that for you also last night. Now, this probably is more so because of the play that they ran than it was Miles' instincts, but he still delivered the ball on a dime. The sidelines out of bounds play where Jalen McDaniels had a pick set for him off of the inbounds and rolls to the basket. It's just so much more fun to see a one hand Mm -hmm. fireball pass, even with that cut being open and Jalen being a a pretty good cutter. Miles, the one hand lefty fireball quarterback throw for Jalen McDaniels to come in and then give you the basket. I thought that was a really good pass and Miles did a good job of moving the basketball last night. Also only one turnover. Love what you got. Miles uh, Miles Bridges is continuing to take steps forward. And I, I don't know if part of this was LaMelo unlocking it or him just figuring it out on his own or basically being playing his natural position, which is probably the four. He's figuring it out. And there are so many nuances to the game. The passing, like you said, the scoring, the shooting improving to the point where he's a legitimate, he may be a legitimate threat from three right now. All of this is just unlocking so much. And at this point, Walker, if you're the Hornets, don't you kind of want to, um, I don't know, sign sign him up long term? See if Clutch is willing to do a deal right now? Like call Rich Paul in between talking to Adele and everything? Like, hey, um, let's get this Miles Bridges done. How does like 72 for four sound? Yeah, I mean, Miles Bridges is going to be the next big time decision that the Charlotte Hornets have to make, barring some kind of in-season trade they might try to decide to go for. But yeah, Miles Bridges, that, that's going to be the guy that they have to figure out. And he certainly played well at the end of last season on higher volume. He played well last night against the Miami Heat, and he is expanding his game a little bit more. Let's talk about Nick Richards, Nada, because the center rotation, it, oh, it's boy. it's something we've discussed quite a bit coming into this offseason. No Mason Plumley, so didn't see him last night it wasn't available because of covid uh protocols but nick richards and vernon carey got time nick richards just as he has really every preseason game he got 16 minutes and got more than vernon carey vernon only played eight minutes not and and look i I don't want to continue to pile on the guy like i'm looking i just don't see nick richards being an effective basketball player for this team i I, i'm not a fan uh, of him and look i know vernon carey is polarizing people will point to his defense people just don't think he belongs on the court that's okay I just can't watch Nick Richards compared to Vernon Carey yeah it's it's more apparent on the offensive end sure but my god like but 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 it's not like Nick Nick Richards pretty bad defensively in my opinion not like even watching Nick he's not committing and he's not battling he's not providing resistance you know watching him and PJ Washington guard Bam Adebayo okay look Bam, not the best person to experiment with defensively or judge a person's defense. Totally get that. But PJ at least provided some resistance and I thought was in good position when guarding Bam and a couple of his made baskets, um, except Bam's just good and made some, right? Like, that's just what it was. I can't ask PJ to be in better position with some of the baskets that are at least are coming to my mind. Nick Richards no. just, he doesn't commit. He doesn't step up. He doesn't challenge. He, he's getting moved. I don't, he doesn't dive to the basket well enough offensively either. Um, you know, like, you know, I, I mentioned that pick and roll that, that Nick Richards and Ish Smith had, you know, Ish drives, doesn't set up the pick well, which used to drive me crazy 
use a big man. Like, dude, I'll, I'll put my shoulders out, rub my shoulder, rub my waist if you're small, and I will make sure this dude is clear. No. And Ish didn't set it up well, but also Nick is kind of like, it, it seems like he's opening his hips up a little bit. And not, I just, I don't like Nick and, and, and as a basketball player. And then when you look at Vernon offensively, he's just Agreed. light years more skilled, Agreed. you know, just, just way better moves. And defensively, there's not a, enough separation I, in my opinion. Is it bad? I hate both of them for like, I'm at the, no, like, and it's not, <laughs> no, you cannot like both. It's just, yeah. I, I just think Nick Richards, like he continues to get, he, he continues to clearly, clearly be ahead yes. of Vernon Carey in the rotation. And okay. I, I, I just, I can't see it, man. Like I, I know people are out on Vernon Carey. They just don't the def- think he's good the enough. Defense athlete. Is bad. Fine. The defense is, is, is like, you can't just, my, and, and my point is that Nick Richards is bad. Oh no, I, no. That my point is that defensively, he's not good. No, either. I, I, I get it. I get it. I'm not going to argue. Like if you're going to tell me that neither of these guys are good enough to earn minutes, I am not going to argue with you. We are literally arguing deck chairs on the Titanic. The only reason I feel semi-confident that it may be Vernon Carey is because of the contract structure in which all four of those years are guaranteed. That's the only reason I feel semi-decent about him being on this roster somehow. Outside of that, would it really surprise – like? I keep bringing this up, but would it really surprise anybody if Bismack Biombo is somewhere in Charlotte staying healthy because staying ready and working out because at this point he might be the best of the options that they have. Like, I mean, I I, kind of feel like that here. If I, if I'm talking about, offensively Vernon Carey just being so much better then that certainly rings true with Bismack Biombo compared to one Vernon Carey as well. So I, I mean, I'm not a fan of bringing back a biz, but I understand like this center rotation is bad enough is to work short. Yeah. No, it's bad enough to where you have to justify it. And I'm not sure PJ's PJ as the center is going to work either. Like that's well, I mean, he can't, he can't play ever. Well, I, I think he, he worked last year. I think he, I, it's not about him working. It's just how yeah. long, you know, it's just about, it's just providing him some rest and, and giving you some versatility where if you want to have PJ in the game and you don't want to have Mason, but you want to move PJ to the four with whatever kind of lineup rotation or lineup that James Brigo has in his mind, then I, you, can you feel comfortable going to anybody else? And I guess the answer is no, you know, like I, I don't. I don't hate Vernon Carey. I'm. I'm probably more of a fan of Vernon Carey than most people are. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like I'm leaps and bounds uh, a fan of him more than everybody else. I just. I like what I see more so than I think what other people do. But. Uh, but yeah, at, at the end of the day, you. You are right, Nada. I mean, I, I can't imagine these guys getting a ton of time anyway. I just say if if I had to give some minutes to one of these players, it would be more so Vernon Carey. And the other thing is, you know, you use a first round pick on a Kai Jones who we continue to talk about and it rang true again last night. You know, you just can't expect Kai Jones to contribute in a significant winning, meaningful way this season and played seven minutes, had a couple of dunks, um, you know, Ish Smith kind of threw one up there where I actually didn't think it was a great pass, but he just kind of hoped Kai Jones would get it. And sure enough, he did just yeah. taller, more athletic, timed it right, got the pass and then dunked it after that pass from Ish Smith. So, you know, kudos there, uh, we, but we know what it is with Kai Jones and um, the center depth that continues to not no, be good. It continues not to be good. And it's just, I am, I, I am just at this point, like this is where, I can feel like the undoing 
of the Charlotte Hornets as a team, per se, this is going to be it. And this is going to be on the front office. And this is going to be back to what you criticized them for. They chose Kelly Oubre instead of possibly a Rashawn Holmes because they doubted that they had made enough inroads, like, basically. That was it. That's, Mm -hmm. like, at the end of the day, that's the discussion that we're having, is that they doubted themselves and doubted their ability to sign a guy like that and chose Kelly Oubre instead. That may be your undoing. That legitimately may be the undoing of this team and potentially not bringing back a Cody Zeller who, granted, Cody Zeller is hurt right now again, but he's always hurt and he's always broken his nose. So there's that. <laughs> like, I just wonder in the search for the future if they ignored the present. And that's like, I think that's going to be the question because is Kai Jones going to be ready in maybe a year? Perhaps. But the stop gaps, Nick Richards, Mason Plumley, and Nick Richards, I, I just, I don't see it. I, I don't see how that's functional, and I don't see how throwing P.J. there at a position he's not naturally good at is going to help either. I, I, I'm, I need to, before we take a break, you just, I, I'm trying to get your opinion on P.J. at center because, you know, it seems like we talk about him and you like him at center, and then you, like, are, are you clarifying that you just don't want him there? I don't want him there full Because time. you said he's not. I don't think. Because he is because he is good, good, in my opinion. I think I think he is a good center, especially when they go to the small ball. You, we talked about how great of a defensive player he was at that spot for being how small he was. And granted, you know, it's not like you have the best centers in the league last year either. But defensively, we were calling PJ the better one. Like I, I just, I just want to make it clear. Like I think PJ is more than capable and actually good at playing small ball five, very much so. But I, I agree with you in the fact that, yeah, it would be nice to have some depth at that spot to help PJ at times and, and allow PJ to go to the four. Yeah, I think PJ's better position is the four. I think him being able to play the five in certain situations does help. Positional versatility will always help. But I am not one of those that say stick PJ at five all the time because I think that's a losing situation. He's not PJ Tucker, not yet. He doesn't have the grown man strength. There's other things. Like I think this is functionally hurting his game in some aspects because if he's not going to be able to hit the threes consistently to bring those centers out, what's the point? I think that's, yeah, uh, well, I think that's the other thing about it. Well, yeah. I mean, he did shoot close to 40%. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I know it came in, in waves and droves and stuff, but, you know, PJ still has to be respected as a shooter. And if the defense doesn't, then awesome. Great. It's going to lead to more Hornets success offensively than it does to their deficiency. All right. Let's take one more break and come back. One more segment. Michael Jordan shared some comments on the NBA's vaccine policy. Uh, we'll come back with uh, we'll come back with more of that coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. Nada, you asked me about why I don't have the sneakers app and asked if it's that I'm too good to have the sneakers app. And no, here's the thing. <laughs> I, you guys are addicted to this drug that brings more yes. pain yes. than it brings joy. And I th- that that feeling that you guys get when you are able to attain a pair of sneakers, it keeps bringing you in. And I don't want to be addicted to that drug. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. All right, now to Michael Jordan, Mm -hmm. Chicago legend, NBA legend, and Charlotte Hornets owner. He actually joined the Today Show. I believe that was yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. 
And and uh, Michael Jordan talked a little bit about the vaccine policy that is adopted by the NBA. So Jordan said, uh, when asked, are you at all concerned about the protocols? He said, not at all. I'm total in unison with the league. I think it's been, sp- I, I think speaking about the vaccinations and, you know, I'm a firm believer in science. I'm going to stick with that and hopefully everybody abides by whatever the league sets the rules. I think once everybody buys in, we're going to be fine. So Michael, it's just nice to hear uh-huh. that Michael Jordan is a believer. Everybody should be, but it's nice to hear that your owner, Michael Jordan is one believer. So, and now this is a little bit more prevalent today because we know that Kyrie Irving <laughs> is not going to be a member of the Brooklyn Nets unless he is a full-time participant, which is going to hinge on whether he wants be to vaccinated. be vaccinated yeah. uh, or, or not. And so at first we were doing this whole part-time thing. He just wouldn't play home games, but he might travel with the team. He wouldn't be able to practice full-time, but maybe practice on the road. It was going to be a whole mess. And it seemed like this was the decision that Brooklyn was going to have to make. And then general manager, Sean Marks eventually makes that announcement. What do you make of one Michael Jordan's comments, but also even Kyrie Irving and that whole conundrum going on in the Brooklyn. first things, first things first, how awkward was the all the all getting vaccinated conversation in Miami that we know probably happened. Like, yeah, Michael showed up just to tell everybody, hey, you're getting the shot if you want to play with this team. Yeah, deal with it. yeah I, I'm, I'm almost certain that happened there. Like the man showed up with, with Jordan mids watching those watching those guys play. He absolutely had a conversation with them about that before the season starts. Like, look, I know y'all are one again. Some of y'all have shared shared anti-vaccination propaganda before. We are not going to name any names or point any fingers. But between that. And everything else, y'all are not about to ruin possibly a special season by not being vaccinated. I'm fairly certain he had that conversation. The second thing is, why does this Kyrie thing feel like it's going to end with a retirement and we're going to be talking about? And and I think, again, Walker, you're old enough to remember this, but you remember the Keith Van Horn contract? Where dude was retired and he would always get moved around because it was an expired contract and everything else like that. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I do remember that. So the Kyrie Irving contract is possibly going to be the Keith Van Horn contract where someone is going to trade a lot of money because some of these owners are hurting and are looking to absolve themselves of $30 million. So if he retires, it's not probably not going to be on the books for this season for the new for the Brooklyn Nets. It will be on the books. For, it won't be on the books next year. That's an expiring contract effectively. I wouldn't be surprised if someone makes a godfather offer of we can help finish your title team because we don't want to pay the entire luxury tax or this, that, and the third or something along the lines of that. Something will come from that. And then once that happens, it changes everything. I I do think the Brooklyn Nets are going to be fine. It's just going to be are they going to be fine in time for the playoffs? They're going to get additional help. It's just a matter of who. Yeah, and look, Brooklyn, they are in the rare scenario where you can lose a player of Kyrie Irving's caliber and still be very good because Kevin Durant and James Harden play for that team, and you found out James Harden and Kevin Durant can play together even in this new form of James Harden, unlike what he was with Oklahoma City. The other thing is people have kind of hypothesized that there could be a Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving trade. Do you see that at all happening? (laughs) whatsoever no. I, I, yeah, I think I, I think Ben Simmons is gone I think Kyrie is gone I just don't think they're gone for each other 
Like the Ben Simmons situation is Daryl Morey getting the people part of basketball wrong yet again. And instead of Daryl Morey getting this wrong and everything happening and blaming Daryl Morey, we're going to blame Doc, who has his own chemistry issues. That is a tire fire waiting to happen. We just need to see the spark. Kyrie is going somewhere yeah. like Houston or Minnesota or somewhere else where they're going to try and dodge, dodge the lock, ladder, uh, the luxury tax. And going forward, like he's going to be a – he's a salary dump. He's a $30 million salary dump, and we're going to see – who bids for basically which small market bids the most in terms of players and assets for him. Yeah, man, if we just focus on Kyrie for a moment, I completely agree with the first thing you said about how this feels like it's heading towards retirement. Now, it just hasn't worked out with Kyrie recently with any franchise. Think about it. You know, if you could see Kyrie wanting to adopt his own identity away from LeBron James and wanting to go to Boston. All right, fine. You could even see him not wanting to play in Boston anymore because it's Boston. Even though he had some problems with his teammates, he still had problems with it. Wants to go play with his friend Kevin Durant in Brooklyn to create some championship caliber team. Does so. Has an excellent year, by the way. Mm -hmm. I mean, being on the floor, 50-40-90, just insane numbers, crazy efficiency, excellent ball player that's never in question. But even with him being amongst his peers and his best ones, like Kevin Durant, like having a DeAndre Jordan, who they you know opted to bring into this team as well Steve Nash obliged and Steve Nash is there right like Steve Nash also has a pretty good relationship with Kyrie if it doesn't work out here with this vaccine mandate too where is it going to work out with Kyrie not you know like this right and that's that's why where I agree with you making that point it's that man I just don't see him in the association any longer and it seems like most people are kind of giving that guess it doesn't make any sense it legitimately does not make sense for any particular reason for just all of this like i'm not like Kyrie went into this as a rebel without a cause and and decided to rage against whatever vaccination mandate and this that and the third and we've seen it before Kyrie is going to again stand his ground out of the league and you know what like some people are just different and need something to rage against and Kyrie may do some righteous stuff after he's in the league and he made, but for right now, just he's raging against something that is kind of common sense. And I don't even feel bad for him. It's I'm at the point where it's just there. And I'll, I'll, I hate to, I hate now to bring race into this because as people know, I get, some people accuse me of bringing race into everything, which man, you, that, that one review is, Oh, oh, oh no, 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 it's bothered. No, I'm not going to lie. It's bothered me. Um, but I would put it this way, and this is my this is my issue with Kyrie and everything that thus far he said either through himself or through other intermediaries. There are too many black people that have died from a lack of vaccine access for you to be taking the stand and being someone that people can per se look to and say, "Look, the vaccine is not safe." It's a no. It's a very annoying thing. I am beyond frustrated with a guy like Kyrie when he does that. Well, and and what's unfortunate is that people are going to use Kyrie Irving's decision on this to make bad faith arguments Mm -hmm. against when Kyrie actually had some solid points when they were down at the bubble and Kyrie was questioning whether the NBA should actually play. 
it was never about actually believing in Kyrie Irving here. It's going to be only in bad faith to combat what Kyrie was talking about in the fight for social justice down in the bubble. And that's the problem for me. That's what I hate. It's that we're going to apply this idea that clearly is not the right thing to do and then combat the other good questions that he brought up when they were playing in the bubble, whether it's right or wrong. I don't know. We were discussing whether they should play and whether they shouldn't because of some of the things that were going on. I get all of that, but that's what I hate. It's the bad faith arguments that are going to use this as some type of ammo, quote unquote, in order to fight what Kyrie was talking about all the way back then when that actually had some merit in the questions he was bringing up. And that's the thing. Like Kyrie's done some great stuff. Standing Rock is one of them. The questions about playing in the bubble, I have a bigger problem. I don't necessarily have a problem. You know, I do have a problem with it because he was basically telling people to, again, to violate their contracts and basically have try to renegotiate a new CBA in the middle of a pandemic. That's what he was essentially saying. I'm not as much into that as everything else where he does, like I said, but other than that, the standing right, the stuff he's done for Native Americans, giving George Floyd's family a house, buying them a house, those things that he's done all get wiped away because of the stupid stuff that he's done in the past. I just hope he grows up. I hope he becomes a positive a positive agent of change and not just this dude that that that's conspiracy theory dude that occasionally does things right. That's what I hope he does. He's All right. All right, that wraps up this edition of Locked on Hornets. Thanks again for supporting the show. Tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked on NBA. Have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. <laughs>